All right, ladies and gentlemen, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the first episode of Are You Kidding Me? My name is Jamal Kareem, and I'm with my co host. Introduce yourself, good sir. <laughs> Abdul Mateen, right here from uh, Air 2071 here at Emirates Towers. Um, Jamal and myself are from Project U. And uh, we're delving into some really unexplored avenues with this podcast, aren't we, Jamal? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Inshallah, it's going to be a very interesting journey. And we have a lot to cover. And we feel like it's really important. Um, we've been talking about this for a long time. I uh, can see the weight of the situation on your shoulders right now. Yes, I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get into it. Okay, so basically, <coughs> we are both a part of Project U. Abdul Mateen, can you tell us a bit about Project U and what we do? Sure. So Project U was a social enterprise that uh, was launched in uh, 2017 uh, under a grant from Expo Live, the social impact arm of Expo 2020. Uh, and you know, we started off with a simple um, idea what we're learning in schools and, and our education system today, it's not enough for the real world. So how do we complement what we're learning in uh, the current education framework with the missing gaps? Um, and so we hired a hypothesis. What if there was a year-long program that runs alongside school, filling in the gaps the school had? Um, and that resulted in our flagship program, the Build and Guild. And uh, through Project Year's journey, we've been able to do amazing work with nearly 3,000 students uh, from across the UAE. Um, and we've got to work with schools, with governments, with universities, and boy, are we just getting started. Awesome. Really interesting stuff. And okay, so I've been working with Project U for the last six months. I came on board as an intern, and now um, I'm working full-time with Project U. It's been an amazing journey. Uh, very enlightening and you know it these issues a lot of the issues and some of these issues we're actually going to speak about in this podcast a lot of these issues are, are are the real deal and they happen every day but they're not always spoken about uh, some of them are quite taboo actually um, all right so let's let's get into the podcast right so the podcast is going to be called are you kidding me and that comes from <laughs> Mr. Abdul Mateen's uh, are you kidding me yeah there we go there we heard it we heard it yeah that that's where the name came from. Uh, we we did a trial run of this podcast and we realized that we started saying that quite a lot. Based on no, no, <laughs> not bro, not we, you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring we into this. Thanks to our uh, radio host Hint for uh, the wonderful sound effects. DJ Hint. There we go. Okay, yeah. Now, we'll let you know when to use that. <laughs> All right, so basically the podcast is called Are You Kidding Me? And what we did before we started this podcast is we sent out a Google form titled Youth Problems, right? And we sent it out to a whole, a wide range of groups, uh, you know, kids uh, or teenagers or youth from our different programs. We asked them to share it with their friends and family. And we really, um, we, we sent this, this Google form quite far and wide in order to, to, to gain, or sorry, in order to get some a few good responses. And basically we asked people to highlight problems that they face today, uh, specifically as youth. 
And we had some really interesting responses, didn't we? Yes, we did. We had some incredible responses. Um, and uh, and I think in today's podcast, we kind of want to set the stage up for the series by looking at some of the highlights of, 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 of the topics that the students have, have shared. It's not, uh, it's not um, common where students get a chance to actually talk about what's on their minds these days. Most of, t- most of the time we're consumers of media and consumers of content. We're just consuming, consuming, consuming. And I think right now, young people need a chance to talk about what it's on their mind. Um, and that's what we hope the podcast will be, an amazing platform for people to share what's on their minds. And so let's jump into this uh, treasure trove of data that we have, Jamal. What, what's, what's the first thing that uh, kind of, you know, shines out at you? Right, so the first thing that, okay, so what stands out from this list, um, and we've highlighted it over here, is identity issue, sense of belonging, not able to focus, don't know what career to choose, don't know how to find the passion, don't know the importance of having a mentor and leadership skills. See, this is uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, uh, it, it sounds simple, but it really is life changing. And see, one of my struggles has always been how do we communicate the importance of such things to uh, parents first and to students um, uh, as well? Because most of the time our focus has been on, you know, grades. Uh, we're told to focus on our grades because that's our ticket to a better life. Um, but uh, but we do realize even the person with the best grades, with the best you know uh, degrees or whatever, if they're unable to um, you know understand and comprehend these issues of, around identity, around um, having a sense of purpose and vision and mission, uh, they are unable to actually launch it uh, and make it uh, make it a success in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've seen this happen all around us. Uh, I've seen it. You've seen it. Um, I dare say I've experienced it for myself. And um, it can really be a, you can really, it really feels like you're stuck in limbo uh, with, uh, with this issue. Because specifically because, look, you don't get answers from anywhere. Don't you, but I remember you at that stage, you were asking everyone around. So don't you get answers from everyone then? Your uncle, your aunt, your friends on the street, your friends you've never spoken to, um, uh, mentors, people on the, some people on internet. See, but that's the thing. Youth nowadays are not really able to filter out. Let's talk about you. Were you able to filter out? Look, for me, what I did, okay, f- if you want to talk about me, what I, I did. talk about you. Okay, let's talk about me. <laughs> what? Let's talk about me. You're um, the one who's here. Yes, so. I am here. Um, yeah, let's talk about me. So what I did was I uh, went to a school <clears throat> that did IGCSE and A-levels. And when it came to A-levels, so I did IGCSE. When it came to A-levels, the only option I had were the sciences and math. Right. So I was sort of forced down that pathway. And it, it was sort of a... It was, sort of, it was sort of something molded into me, you know, that sciences, do the sciences, do uh, engineering specifically. Um, I was good at math. I was good, I was okay at physics. Uh, and I did well in those two subjects, in my IGCSE. So I thought, you know what, you know, I'm good at math. I'm good at physics. Maybe engineering is for me. And that's the first thing you get, right? That's the first impression you get when as soon as you, okay, you think math, you think physics, what do you think? You think engineering. Yeah. Right? But is that the right formula? 
in making a decision? Is that the right way to go about it? You tell me, bro, because I think at that age, and even when you do study engineering at, at, at a university level, you're made to believe it is, right? It's only after when students graduate from university and they spend months that turn into years without a job, do they realize that's not the right framework. And COVID has just, uh, 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 you know, accelerated this problem it hasn't been it it wasn't that covid was the one that caused this problem you and i both know that this problem existed way before covid absolutely, as well absolutely absolutely right and uh so going back to the identity issue did that solve what you were did all of that you know quote-unquote community help did that actually help you i'll be i'll be completely honest talking to people did help me um it did help me in in the sense that I was able to gather a more holistic picture mm -hmm. and I was able to to see the benefits, mm -hmm. right? The pros and cons and weigh out the pros and cons. And alhamdulillah, I'm happy with my decision, right? But however, this does, that still doesn't negate the fact that there's a problem, right? And the problem is that when it comes to the youth, right? We're always thinking about the next step, right? And uh, hold on, hold on. Isn't army always thinking about the next step in yeah. whatever phase? Exactly. Even old people are thinking about what they're going to do. Listen, le let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Right. We're always thinking about the next step. Yes. What we should be thinking about is the next ten steps. Right. Mm. So in in uh, so in school like you chess. in in exactly. So in in school, what do you what do you think? In school, you think, okay, let me finish my let me do my IGCSEs and let me get into my A levels. Next step. Yeah. When in A levels, you think, okay, let me get these A star AA or A star A star A or whatever results you need to get into university. Yeah. Next step. University, you think about, okay, first year, how do I get to second year? Pass and get to third year. And third year... So most people so are only thinking about their next step instead of thinking of the next 10 steps. Absolutely, right? Ah. And when you start to think about your next 10 steps, then you you plan ahead. So because, see, had I see the way it works is that IGCSEs, uh, this is the British curricul curriculum at least, I'm not, too, I'm not quite sure about IB or the American curriculum, but see, IGCSE is a ticket to A-levels. A-levels is a ticket to university. University is obviously a ticket to, the ticket is your degree, and that degree is a ticket to a job. It's just tickets, <laughs> right? But when you think about it, when you look, so if I, if some people it's do, just if people go in depth and do in-depth research about what they will be doing as an engineer after they graduate, what are the most probable sectors they'll enter? What are the sectors that, that have the most are needed in the market are needed in the market right when they do this research right then they will get a more holistic picture but unfortunately youth are not taught to do this research right they're, they're not, just taught to follow they're taught to follow they're taught to focus on their exams they're taught to memorize biology and you know do past papers for math one thing one thing that was quite interesting uh, just this week we had the Mohammed bin Zayed Majlis and um, there was a there was a poll that was conducted. Uh, I think fourteen thousand youth from around the UAE attended that much less. And there was a poll that connect that was conducted about what future careers that are, that are most interesting to you. The highest sector where people are interested in careers is in renewable energy, right? And um, and one and and most people were like, renewable energy is where uh, we want. Uh, a lot of our workforce to go into. Uh, only 10 or 12% actually wanted to go into arts and culture. Uh, less than uh, uh, less than half of them uh, want to go into traditional higher education like uh, engineering or medicine. 
So uh, that was quite fascinating to me, but I'm just curious, how many actual renewable energy jobs do we actually have in the UAE, right? Um, and, uh, and, and, and see, that's something that's interesting to me because that shows if you're producing 10,000 renewable energy graduates every year, for example, do we actually have 10,000 jobs in the market? Isn't that how we're supposed to think about it? Or has university become a place where as long as I pay the 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 dirham tuition fee per year, uh, I just get my degree? regardless of whether it fits into the market reality or not. But to be very honest, I mean, I think that's a problem that we can talk about for yeah. ages. Yeah, but can. that's definitely something that we're going to highlight definitely. in some of our upcoming episodes. So guys, these problems we're going through, we plan on having dedicated episodes for each and every one of them. Let's call them challenges. Challenges. I yeah. like challenges. All right, challenges. We can call them challenges. Um, we plan on having dedicated episodes for each and every one of them. And we... Probably those episodes are going to be deep dives. So we're going to go in depth, hopefully, inshallah, and tackle those problems head on. Um, all right, let's move on here. Why don't you, you tell us what stands out for you? For me, I think the next one was uh, stress. Um, uh, stress from school, stress from uh, your board exams, stress from their personal life and stress from their families. Uh, one has even written stress from authoritative figures in their lives. So probably, you know, like their teachers or mentors or whoever. Um, uh, Where do you think this stress <coughs> stems from, though? So I was just having a discussion about this the other day with some per person. Um, some person. What was the difference between stress and pressure? a very good question see the way i understood the way the way i understand are they it, feeling pressure or are they feeling stress go ahead the way i understand it is stress is a much more is a is something that occurs over a long period of time mm -hmm. right and ig's is multiple years a levels multiple years true but is that time i mean obviously we'll have to ask a professional but but i don't think stress is the right term to use when you're in high school. But see, and uh, let's not, uh, one thing is, okay, fine, a professional is the best person to diagnose it in the, per in the perfect way. We're no way trying to diagnose any of these problems. We're just talking about what we see on the ground. I think that's the simplest thing that we have. We at Project U are very, very blessed in a, in, in, a, in a way that we get to speak to kids almost on a daily basis. Speak to students who go to schools who, who have their lives on a daily basis and we get to see that on the ground. So um, what my point was saying that in, in saying that is uh, in, in, in high school, the smallest problems feel like the biggest ones. Right, personal or professional, personal or acad uh, academic, right? They feel like they feel like the biggest mountain you can climb. As is, you know, like if I ask a KG one kid to finish an exam just writing the alphabets A B C D, that KG one kid would freak out probably and see, say that's the most difficult thing that they have had to do in their lives, right? right. But but that's the stage of our lives. So that's very difficult at their age. I think when you talk about stress. Put it in the perf, uh, in the perspective of that time, of their experiences. They don't know what the real world is like. Whose fault is that? Let's, <laughs> that's a separate topic in and of itself. But 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 uh, at that stage of their lives, if they mess up one mock, if they mess up one exam, end 
of times. I don't know about you, but I've had two people during my high school journey who've ended their lives right here locally. I'm not talking about somewhere in another, another part of the world. Two people who've ended their lives at 16 uh, because they thought that, you know, this was too much. That is sad. Uh, apart from sad, I'm, it's outrageous. And one thing that I can also see from, from a parent's perspective is, yes, there are parents who are, who are you know, putting stress on their kids, but there are a lot of parents who actually want to support their kids and they just don't know how to. You can see that they have work, they come home in the afternoon, in the evenings. They're tired themselves. They come and they, they see their child coming home from school. They kind of have a conversation. By the way, do you know the KHG released a report on their mental uh, on, on well-being? And they said that less than 40% of kids above grade nine have a relationship with an adult in their lives. A relationship with that they don't have a relationship with their teachers, they don't have a relationship with their parents, they don't have a relationship with an elder, elder sibling, elder, elder cousin, elder aunt, nothing. So where is the support that youth need to get? Is this is this system feasible? That's the problem that that's one of the biggest problems that we can see over here. Of course you're going to get stressed because you don't have an outlet to discuss it or to share it. And one small problem is just going to get, get keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger until, you know, it blows up. Why do people have families? Why do people have families? Throughout history. Because, because that in and of itself is a sense of escape. It allows, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you know you can go home and there are people who love you unconditionally, who care about you, who no matter what you do, they will fight for you. Largely, to an extent. I don't know if you kill somebody, if your parents are still going to love you, but still, I mean, I don't know. But but largely to an extent, you, people know that they care about they'll care about you. Today we're living in times where the where a lot of people I don't want to say the majority, but a lot of people is are 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 going back home and they don't know if they actually have lives. I'm gonna stop ranting now because let's talk about that in an episode in and of itself. Definitely, definitely. Mm. All right, um, the next issue we have here, the next problem or challenge, as you like to call them, that pops out to you. The next challenge that pops out to me <clears throat> is this one. <laughs> this is a very interesting one. What is this? You just keep so this. basically the, 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 the person here has written marriage, marriage, marriage. Guaranteed the cure to most of the problems mentioned in other answers is marriage. You feel lonely or depressed? Marriage. You feel like you're wasting too much time? Marriage. You feel like your parents are asking too much? Marriage. <laughs> That's an interesting one. See, doesn't this tie into? Wait, hold on. Our, our, our DJ is smiling. Is that is she? <laughs> is that something you go through? <laughs> you can. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know what that was, but uh, <laughs> but uh, see, this ties into what I was saying earlier. At the end of the day, the cornerstone of human development is family, especially in our communities, largely Asian communities, Arab. Arab communities, Emirati communities, for sure, it's family, right? And so the, I don't know if you want to call it pressure or whatever, 
the 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 framework for why there is a push to get married whether internally or extrinsically is because you want to continue that uh continue that concept that you know you're going to build your family just how you know just how you know um biology is there older generations get older they pass away the next generation needs to come right and we see a tragedy in in the sense that we don't get a lot of people a lot of people are getting married later and later if they're getting married later and later they have kids later and later if they have kids later and later they're very old when it comes into you know ha- when they have their grandkids so do they have a properly fully functioning married life no heck i'm 24 i don't i i, I can't relate to 16 17 18 year old kids you know it, it's honestly shocking cuz i used to be like oh those weird adults they don't know what they heck they're doing and now i'm a weird adult and i can't relate to i can't relate to these kids man so especially if you're a parent and you can't speak the language of 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 the of the younger generation how are you supposed to have that you know um uh support marriage goes back down to mental well-being and again there is no framework or system that's that's straightforward that's addressing it uh it used to be much more clear back in the day now not so much what do I, you I think i think it it goes back to um companionship uh i think companionship is very important uh to be able, i mean human beings are social creatures right creatures yes yeah, we are we are we are, we are to be so being social is inbuilt in us right Inherent. and I, Yeah and basically that's what i feel like whenever our parents or our grandparents are pushing us to get married it's it's for that very companionship because see a lot of us and the thing is i feel like a lot of us prioritize ourselves right and to to Selfish. be to the extent where initially it's just about my career my education how much money can i make where can i go what can i do and and when you ask someone why they don't want to get married they say well i want to travel the world first and you you think wait hold on what makes you think you can't do that <laughs> when you're married right obviously i i understand that Indian there are responsible dramas and bollywood movies yeah. <laughs> i understand there are there are definitely um there are definitely other circumstances that pop up responsibilities right uh but in the end i feel like the human happiness um and i believe this is backed by psychology the human happy happiness is pegged to the solidarity of a good and healthy family see i agree with you and uh, frankly <laughs> like all of the topics that we were talking about today it can have an episode in and of themselves you know a couple of things that pop up to mind when i when i talk about the, when we when this comes um when this comes into the picture it's also about uh, you know uh a, a, you know the, the that very important concept of getting married when uh when you feel uh like you're ready uh you told me very clearly some some weeks back that uh there's never such thing as ready for marriage right um but and 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 i i also i'm trying to rationalize i don't have an opinion on this i'm uh i'm also trying to rationalize the fact that people have boyfriends and girlfriends at 15 at 16 at 17 right um so um what perfectionism are we are are, are does one need to look for um and at the end of the day what is is there such thing as a right time 
and uh, or is it or, or or is it just the right mindset if you have the right mindset can you get into marriage because at the end of the day marriage is a game of compromise right i can't i can't get exactly what i want all the time right and neither can the other person so is that an instance you know frankly to be very honest you can be talk about this all day yes we can yes we can um okay let's move on um guys as i said and i'll mention it again we're going to be tackling all of these issues in depth right in the upcoming podcasts all right um let's go through some of these other problems yeah this is something i like discipline time management uh and uh loss of emirati islamic values um i think that that in of itself is quite a lot because at the end of the day uh uh see someone someone told me this when i was much younger uh that um loss of uh we're always taught what to learn we're not taught how to learn right mm. this concept of oh you're an auditory learner or you're a kinetic learner or you learn by reading or you learn by discussing with friends honestly i learned this mm, i want to say high school but it could have been later what about you when did you learn about this i learned about in university exactly what what about our middle school and high school years mm. uh everyone uh, everyone learned through uh, uh you know reading books right but for me i i learned better when i was having a conversation with the teacher or when i was having a conversation with my peers right uh and and that's why i never studied for exams because as long as i had kept having those conversations that thing was embedded in my brain and i would get amazing grades because that was how i understood the moment that social aspect of learning was taken out from me and i solely had to learn through books my marks went okay so um so that's so i mean shouldn't we be taught how to manage our time how to prioritize how to build self discipline how to have self self awareness rather than just saying hey this do that's my problem that's my biggest problem with mental wellbeing okay these days everyone just says hey we need to be more mentally aware we need to be more you know careful about how everyone else is feeling how how exactly are we supposed to do that How are we supposed to be more empathetic? How are we supposed to have self-awareness? Go read up on yourself. Do people do that? 90% of them don't. Right? So 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 if you don't if you if you don't have if you don't have the majority of people being taught the how part, how are you going to expect them to do it? And this is this uh, somebody taught me this um did somebody not teach me anything at home was beginning with that line anyhow somebody <laughs> taught me this where they said don't tell people what to do show them how to do it especially if it's the first time that they're doing it right uh, and that's so true especially for people beginning their careers because if you if 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 i say hey just go work on this excel excel sheet uh, you want to learn from it just go to youtube and learn from it by yourself but if you don't show me how to do it in the beginning even if i have all the resources in the world in front of me it's still difficult to do it i know logically it doesn't make sense right because logically this person is supposed to do it but logic doesn't work in the world it's the reality of the world right it's the realities that we live in and the reality of the matter is that unless someone is guided through how they want to do that stuff 
how they want to complete a task, they're not going to be able to do it. That was a that was a biteful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I I I I agree with you a hundred percent on this one. And and by the way, guys, let me. I just wanted to. I just wanted to put this out there. We are not uh, each other's yes men. We we do disagree. We disagree on quite a number of things. Although we do agree more than we disagree, and we do. I mean, I'd like to believe that we have the same values. Um, but for the most part, actually, we we do disagree on on things as well, and that that will come up. That will come up. The the other part that we want to talk about was lo- the loss of Emirati Emirati. And there Islamic we go. Values. Yeah, that's what I wanted to highlight. The loss of Emirati. Uh, Islamic values and identity. Um, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. Al- although I'm, I'm not really, I haven't really researched it, and I don't really like speaking too much about things that I know not, know nothing about. Uh, but I feel like the loss of Emirati and Islamic values, I feel like they probably come from s- social media, um, media, movies. Netflix. See, you, one thing that you're I not, don't have the data to back this up. No, but you right? but uh, see at the end of the day right here we we're, we're talking about what we see in the world, right? Yeah. Other people might see different things. Kudos to them. Yeah. Do come here and we'd love to have you as a guest to talk about it. Absolutely. One thing that I do want to kind of highlight is you're not going to be able to stop globalization. Okay? Globalization is coming whether you like it or not. Um in the UAE we don't have places like Chinatown or Little India or you know other weirdly culturally demarcated places like you have in London, New York, or some other places in the world, where if you enter that place, it's completely that. Uh, it's completely that culture and that language. I remember I, I went to Los Angeles for the first time, and when I landed there, uh, when I was going back from when I was going from the ho- from the airport to the hotel for the very first time, you know the driver took us through Chinatown in Los Angeles. And I I, I was pretty dazed because I was like, oh my God, look at the scenery. And then I looked outside and then I saw everything was in Chinese. I'm like, hang on, where did I land? Did, are, are, you <laughs> sure? are, are you sure the aircraft landed in Los Angeles? Did it take me to like Hong Kong or something? <laughs> uh, and then literally, because at least in the UAE, we have Arabic and then it's written in English. Yeah. Right? In Chinatown, everything is in Chinese. And there's only Chinese people walking around. And I'm like, hang on a second. Where where am I? And uh, and then that 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 shock was there. We don't have that in the UAE. Everything is pretty homogeneous in the sense that we have a, a unique culture. We don't we don't we don't like you know segregate people based on cultures and and you know keep one area entirely for these kind of people, uh, which is which is an amazing thing to have. Uh, so my point is, but globalization that, is going to come. Could that okay? So how do we? still cling on to our values and our exactly culture do we need to cling on it's a good point if something needs to be clinged on to is it worth being there having said that i think there are aspects of values especially faith where you do not compromise on right absolutely so in in when you're talking about values like that uh, it, go, it goes back to the how part. Remember we were talking about how a yeah. little bit earlier? Yeah. If you're able to build the how aspect of faith, you're able to better apply it. People who've been applying what they've learned across their values, whether they be Emirati, Arab, Islamic, whatever values they are, if they're able to apply their values in, the, in their day-to-day life, they're going to stand up for that more. Okay, yeah. Uh, 
for the most part, I do agree with you. But let's okay, let's let's um, let's cut out um, one aspect of culture. Right? Okay, and let's talk about how the loss of this aspect, right? I wouldn't say it's a good thing, and that's language, right? The other day, I was walking in Area Twenty Seventy One, and I was, I was sorry, I wasn't walking. I was sitting down. I was doing my work, and I saw two Emirati men. Wearing a full kendora <laughs> and the ghitra and and ghatra, no, ghatra. Or oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> what is it, DJ? Is it how how do you pronounce it? Okay, we can't hear. It. Anyways, so basically, they were wearing the full Emirati kit, kit, basically, right? And they were talking to each other. Now, initially, when they as they were walking close, uh, as they were walking towards me, I couldn't really make out what they were saying. But as they passed me, I heard them speak in pure English. And I was shocked. I was like, "What? Literally pure English." These are two Emirati men speaking in English. Um, now, look, I'm not saying there's. Uh, wait, before before I before we we assess this, I'm I'm not I'm not going to say that there's anything wrong with that per se, right? But this is what I mean. This is the 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 point that's brought up by this specific person who's highlighted this loss of Emirati, specifically loss of Emirati slash Islamic values and identity. I think a better way to frame that is just that, I mean, I was talking to, um, I was talking to a friend who works in government the other day and uh, they were telling us that uh, they have to use Google Translate to write Arabic. <laughs> yeah, emails. I was there. I was there. Yes. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. You're, you're Arab. What do you mean? Do you, you need to use Google Translate to write Arabic emails? Even I know Google Translate doesn't actually make, you know, write the best uh, Arabic emails. But you're like, yeah, if you want to write a formal e Arabic email, we have to use Google Translate. I said, which school do you go to? She said, a public school. I said, you went to a public school and you don't know how to write in Arabic? She said, yeah. That's my problem with the system. Are you kidding me that we built so much frameworks of 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 education? Wait, guys, there, there you, you heard it. You heard it yourselves for the first time. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, we've uh, we invest hundreds of millions in education, and at the end of the day, we have twenty-five-year-old graduates from our schools and universities who can't even write one email in Arabic properly. Yeah, but what is your but point of you your could, A's and you could, A stars and all the you could all argue, the other? You stuff. could argue the point that when they, uh, you could argue the point that basically the 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 widespread widespread what's basically spoken here is the Emirati dialect, and that doesn't really you can't really that's not really um, used in. Do you in, do you speak Emirati dialect in schools in Arabic classes? Do you speak an Emirati dialect? I for once I asked this question to the, to them because I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And they're like, no, we're supposed to learn in Arabic. And sometimes, you know, they, the teacher might be Jordanian or, you know, some other uh, country that may not be Emirati. So they may not necessarily speak to an Emirati Arabic as well. But still, for so many years, you're studying and you don't get it. And that's why, you know, I, I know that the KHDA has uh, instilled a lot of new values. And um, the, the, especially the Arabic and uh, Islamic studies is much better than what it was 10, 15 years ago. Um Abdelmateen, I feel like this goes back to globalization. You said it's coming, yes. right? And globalization is part of globalization is basically the um, the it's basically the lingua franca, which is basically the trade language, English. which is English, right? Being globalized, right? And in a very interesting another another short story. I was actually in a in an Uber in Malaysia, 
Um, and the Uber, Uber driver was um, Malay by ethnicity. And he was telling me that back in his day, uh, he, could he was working in a bank. And you could work in a bank in Malaysia and not speak a word of English. And he said now he, it's in his, his son, who doesn't speak English, is finding it almost impossible to find a job because he doesn't speak English in Malaysia, where the, the local language, the national language is Malay. Right. And so, yeah, how do we fix this? How do we and, and learning English? What does that mean? Learning English. Right. Or, and making English um, standardizing English. Right. It's leading to things like what I just told you about the two Emiratis who spoke English to each other. See, um, I think it also uh, the, the the language in which you dream in and the language in which you swear is your mother tongue. Mm. Right? What language do you dream in and what language do you swear? That's your mother tongue. Okay? <laughs> and uh, no matter what, you know, languages you think you know or you think you speak, especially as Indians, we, we like to claim that we can speak a lot of languages because India has a lot of languages. <laughs> yes. Okay? We normally dream and swear in English. Um, so, and, 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 um, uh, no, it, it's, it's, see, one aspect is, yes, of course, that allows us to communicate and that allows us to build bridges with people from all over the world. Because like you said, Lingua Franca. Uh, on the other hand, you know, we, we're facing a mass extinction of culture. Yes. We're facing a mass extinction of culture. And uh, do you agree with me that, do you agree that it's sad? It's sad, but are you going to stop it? No! I mean, you're not going to stop it because, see, at the end of the day, it's a wave that's coming in. You're standing there, even if you have the biggest, bestest tank in the world, it's a, still a wave that's coming. Yeah, it's going to wash all over you. Yeah, but then if everyone, if everyone gets together and, and if everyone joins the movement of, of preventing this wave and, you know, they, they stand in solidarity, right? Holding on to what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So so okay. I sit in a stand in solidarity. I join a group. We're gonna be talking in Arabic for an hour a week. A week. Yay yay! We're the Arabic speakers group. Okay, I leave. I leave. Uh, I leave that group and I go out. And I don't want to get a taxi. What language do I speak in? English. Okay, I will go to Spinney's or Carrefour or Lulu and I want to buy something in the market. I'm talking to the cashier. What language do I speak in? English. My kids go yeah, to that's school. Because, okay, you're talking my kids about, go you're to talking school. You're talking my, about the UAE. Okay, right? because the UAE wherever is else the, the 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 majority of the labor force in the UAE, right? Taxi drivers, cashiers. They're made up of they're made up of expats, right? But I'm talking about I'm not okay in this specific. I know I know that the 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 person who posed this uh, who the person who wrote this down on the Google form said Emirati values and identity, right? But I'm I'm asking you as a whole, right? Any country, right? How do, you, this, how do you prevent the loss of language? See, you if you want to prevent loss of language and loss of culture, get a time machine and go back to the English 1600s like, and stop the, uh, you know, East India Company from invading all of these countries. You know what English is? English is the White Walkers. I don't know what that is. Do you know what that and is? And the Army of the Dead. No idea what that is. Okay, yeah. I, God, guys, I, I'm I'm doing a podcast with an absolute boomer over here. Can someone please come and save me? Have you never what? heard of the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead? Do you know what the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead is? No, she Even doesn't. Even she okay, doesn't know. She's a boomer as well. Um, never mind. Yeah, people who listen to this podcast will get the reference. The White Walkers and the Army of the Dead. Uh, that's what English is. It is it like a it's Game of Thrones? To, 
There we go. He does know. Um, I don't know. I don't. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Okay. Anyways, the kid was killed in the first episode. I oh my god! You're spoiling it for everyone who hasn't watched it and wants to watch it. Anyways, um, yeah, that's what it is. That's what English is. And but I mean, if you do watch Game of Thrones, they don't really. They do triumph against the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead. I'm spoiling it as well. Um, yeah, I know DJ. I know you don't watch the show, but a lot of people do. Uh, people, See, va- some of us who have lives, uh, we do find time to watch. People have lives by not watching shows. <laughs> Anyhow, the point. The point. Oh, thank okay. you. Thank you. I'm being ganged up over here. The <laughs> point of the ma- the point of the matter is that um, that um, that this this uh, tsunami was started hundreds of years ago. Right, True. and I just want to end this by by by, by one one example. You, who you, basically, you say the tsunami started with the colonialism, the, the, the East India Company, colonialism in okay. general. Whether it be the East India Company, whether it be Dutch East India Company, whether it be the British. French or you know German, whatever European col- uh, um, colonialism. Uh, Malcolm X. I was just listening to a talk of his today morning, and uh, he was saying that. Uh, that you know, uh, the reason that I have an X at the end of my name is because I come from a tribe, I come from a culture that I cannot relate to. I have no idea what my history is. My history, as taught in the history books today, is is a one that started in servitude. Is a one that started with my grandfather, great grandfather, great great grandfather being a slave, and. What happened before that? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that my genealogy didn't start by me being a slave, but that's where all the history books recorded uh, recorded as. And that and, and I and I and I and I see when he see and I see what he means. And and I think, you know, I I don't know how much more time do we have. Not much. Yeah, but but I think that's the beauty of of having podcasts and more media content coming from you know voices like us in this Absolutely. part of the world. Absolutely. Because you know, five, ten, fifteen years later in the world. If the majority of voices are only coming from 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 uh, foreign countries, your uh, people, your you know future generation, my future generation, our DJ's future generation have nothing to relate to. They just relate to European culture or Western culture or some other culture that doesn't you know reflect what uh, what happened. So if you want to protect language, protect culture, create more content where people are watching. Basically, raise awareness. Create content. Raising awareness is one thing, but making it, making it something that you can constantly going back to is a th- is is the thing, right? Uh, f- at least for me, uh, raising awareness about you know climate change and global warming and plastic blah 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 is good, but you need to actually go ahead and build something that makes that that actually causes that change. Because I can have everybody up in arms uh, by raising awareness by doing something viral. But you know that doesn't. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be lasting change. No, I, I I disagree with you because you can say that raising awareness. Look, ALS ice bucket challenge raised a ton of awareness in the world. Where the did heck it, is? They did not raise a lot of money because of that. Awareness? Do you know? Do you know how much? Do you know how much money was actually given to ALS? How much? Forty percent of the money that was raised brought two hundred million dollars. Do you know wh- where the rest of the money met, went? Where marketing and com- uh, co- and commissions. Sixty percent went to marketing and commissions. Yeah, then, then that's a fundamental flaw in the in the structure of whatever organization. Which is what most organizations do, mm. right? And I don't know where that fits in. Where does yeah, so I, then what the, what what the awareness does? 
Yes, exactly. Awareness, awareness is there. I'm more than happy to do awareness. I was completely anti-awareness at one point, but then I was educated by the Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations. Actually, I met him last year in, here in Dubai, uh, and uh, and uh, and you know, he he told that. Uh, wait, wait, no. <laughs> who did you meet? The Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations. Woo! Okay. He he said that what Greta Thunberg. Did for climate change. Greta Thunberg is the 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 the, the young girl this who spoke 15, about fifteen sixteen year old girl who spoke yeah. about climate change. Yes, I, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. She did more for climate change than a lot of these scientists who have been trying to convince governments with Absolutely. data awareness. Oh, which I appreciate awareness, but at the end of the day, there needs to be action tied into awareness. What's the next thing with Greta Thunberg? What can you and I do now that Greta Thunberg raised awareness? No, absolutely, yeah, but but don't don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not undervaluing. I'm not. I'm not belittling uh, raising okay, awareness. Okay. But I, I think that, especially for a person like me, my uh, fulfillment lies in creating systems that solve for uh, a challenge, not just yeah. talking. About and that's what we are essentially. That's what we are doing, right? We're trying to find what, trying to find our, our fulfillment. Yeah, especially um, with uh, and 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 that's a very that's uh, that's a fundamental principle of Project U as well. Absolutely. So I mean, that's a personal that's a personal opinion. Uh, but but yeah, I think we have one or two more topics to wrap up the show. Yes, we do. Um, okay. Identity crisis. We just talked about identity crisis. No, we, we didn't really speak about identity. Um, Malcolm X, he doesn't okay, have an identity okay, yeah, crisis. Okay, true, true. We did, we did speak about that. See, a lot of these topics are... I think it's no, no, yeah, they are they're intertwined. They're definitely, they definitely. I think one thing that pops out to me over there was uh, uh, the advent of uh, of uh, high expectations, right? People people generally say that uh, that that what what they want to do and what they're expected to do are two separate things, and a lot of times people are living lives for someone else and they're not living their own lives. And uh, and that's a catastrophe. See, a lot of the a lot of the challenges, a lot of the challenges, almost all of them, JC, that they've been talking about, that the kids spoke about. Where where are hey guys, they? Just to just to clarify, he calls me JC, and those are my initials. My name is Jamal Karim, and JC. That so just I'm putting context to this so that people know who you're referring to when you say JC. Okay, thank you. Yes, please. Can I have the clapping? Thank, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Much appreciated for, All right. for losing my train of thought. Anyhow, what I was trying to say is that uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there needs to be a critical demarcation between what's, uh, 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 what's actually expected in our systems today and what we actually need. All of the students, what they've said over the over the over the course of of you know more than forty or so responses that we got, um, all of them talk about emotional and social challenges. Not one of them say I have a problem with math. Not one of them say I don't know if I can get better grades in English. Not one of them say I want to build a robot or stuff. All of them are emotional and social issues, which is the biggest gap in our system today at multiple phase levels, whether it be from education, whether it be in marriage, whether it be in stress management and 
you know, social care, community care. And at the end of the day, let me let's end the podcast by answering this question or at least pondering on it. Whose responsibility is it? Whose is it? Is it the schools? Is it government? Is it families, parents? Whose is it? At the end of all of this, I go back to something that my professor told me in the first week that when I joined university. And we'll talk about that, you know, story some other day because that was not a normal story, not normal journey of joining university. I, where do I have normal journeys? Yes. Um, the, uh, the first day, the first week, the professor told me, he said, regardless of whether I'm a good professor or not, in in a few months' time, the semester is going to get over. You're going to have an exam to write, and then you're going to go on to the next semester. Don't give excuses that the professor wasn't good or that you don't have the right resources or other r random excuses people give to not learn. You have an opportunity to learn now. If you miss this opportunity, the only person to blame is you. And that was so empowering to me because I'm not going to give an excuse that I didn't go to the right university, that I didn't have the right professor, that I didn't have the right textbook, I didn't have the right resources, because at the end of the day, learning or getting something done comes back to me. If I wanted to do it, I would have found a way of doing it. And that's absolutely right. I cannot keep giving excuses or, oh, my family said this, oh, my, that person did this, or the system is like that, or the country is like this. A lot of us as young people love to give excuses. We love to, you know, pass the blame on to someone else. But this is about ownership. We're going to take care of our own pampers. I don't know why I said pampers. But... Um, <laughs> But we're gonna we're gonna take care we're gonna take care of ourselves. We're not gonna wait for someone else to come with a magic wand and fix our problems. That is what this podcast is gonna be all about. Us trying to talk about issues where we're gonna become big boys and girls who are going to do something about solving for these issues in a manner that makes sense to the world and in the end of the day in a manner that's flexible because what worked for us in 2019 is not going to work for us in 2021 right absolutely and hopefully inshallah as people listen to this and as people as we raise awareness to these issues um perspectives paradigms and perspectives will change right absolutely and we're we're really hoping for that to be the case because we, I mean, and, and that's basically what Project U is focusing on. We're trying to change the perspective of specific of parents and students on this hegemonic system of education that's that's completely, um, you know, extorting people. And not just the education, other issues that, you know, are us as young people face. 100%. So um, I think that brings an end to today's wonderful podcast. I think it was a great start. Uh, kind of bombastic start, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I can't wait to s can't wait to see uh, the next few episodes and see how we start to untangle this, um, and let's build it on from there. Yes, we will, inshallah. Thank you guys so much. If you've gotten this far into the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope you you join us on this journey. 
and uh, create in on this journey in creating impact and adding value to society and specifically to the youth that's it from myself and myself thank you guys so much uh, have an absolutely fantastic week from jamal abdul mateen and dj hind stay safe everyone take assalama bye bye